coming to you from a thousand feet above Chicago, Illinois. Live, it's eight o'clock central time. It's time again. Here we go. Show number three, transmit. Sunday, August 16th, 2015, and this is Transmit with Gummo, your host, and uh, we just wanted to welcome everyone uh, that's just tuning in or discovering our show. Uh, We just wanted to send a big uh, welcome to you, and thank you for joining us on our uh, new adventure here, trying to get some new ideas and new uh, fresh fresh perspectives on a lot of things uh, that concerns the hacker community. Uh, so what you heard recently uh, at the beginning of the show was basically a huge explosion uh, took place this past week in the city of Tianjin, China. And what, uh, what, what Chinese media is reporting uh, so far is that uh, there's 127 casualties uh, with you know, more than 50 people still missing. And so far they're... they're the, the, the numbers just seem radically uh, inaccurate for uh, of, of an explosion this size. Uh, this was a huge explosion, and it's all over the Internet and uh, social media, really everywhere. And basically what they say or what Chinese media is reporting is that uh, there, what was housed here was some sort of military, uh, or not military chemicals, but uh, some sort of toxic, highly toxic uh, cyanide chemicals uh, that really stored in such massive uh, quantities in an industrial center uh, near the city center uh, basically had caught fire there was a a, a building that around there uh, the the perimeter per se that had caught fire and 
unknowingly from, uh, and again, this is all from Chinese media reporting uh, all of this, uh, what I'm relaying, uh, but uh, as the firefighters went to the scene, they uh, started dousing the, the, the fire, per se, with water cannons, and supposedly these chemicals uh, reacted with the water that was coming from the water cannons from the uh, firefighters who had uh, not known the severity of the, the, the chemicals and what they were able to uh, do or produce. Uh, so um, what, you know, the, the water actually acted like a some sort of combustant and uh, next thing you know, the uh, entire industrial park blew up and so you see that uh, in recent reports all over the internet, and it, and it's really crazy to look at. I, just from taking a peek at it today, I noticed that there's literally a crater in the ground from where this explosion took place, and it was quite uh, something to see, nevertheless. But again, it's all over the internet, uh, YouTube. Uh, it's really everywhere, so if you search for... Uh, T engine uh, explosion or whatever. You know, I'm sure you'll see it. So, um, yeah, quite something to uh, to witness. I mean, they again. You know, you have all of these analysts and researchers and whatever putting their ideas together and, and a lot of scenarios on how powerful it it was. And and I believe uh, one of the recent reports that I read was that there were. It was the equivalent to 50 U.S. Tomahawk missiles uh, dropping down or bombing something. Yeah, what really bothers me is that how, how does someone know the, the, the power of 50 Tomahawk missiles dropping uh, in on some place? Uh, so I, I guess I look at things a little different. So anyhow, uh, this is show number three. This is Transmit. My name is Gummo. And uh, as I'm a totally non-professional sort of uh, show host here, but as I've promised uh, every, all of my listeners and, every, and all of my friends and family and colleagues and so on, that uh, I will start to get better at this. And so hopefully with a little help from a friend of mine who's a DJ at the Underground here in Chicago, I think I can pretty much get to that point. So here we go, uh, show number three, and we're, we're just going to take a look around uh, and see what's going on, uh, basically in the hacker scene and things that relate to hackers. Uh, you know, getting getting this show off the ground again. In the first two episodes, I sort of explained some of the technology challenges that I was uh, looking at when uh, faced with uh, wanting to get the show off the ground. And of course, I I think I'm getting there with a lot of uh, good education and, and and help from everybody. So. Uh, again, my name is Gummo, uh, and I've I've been a hacker. Uh, pretty much all my life. Um, you know, I'm 43 years old. I live in the great city of Chicago, and uh, we're coming to you a thousand feet above Chicago's sidewalk uh, in the Aeon building, uh, uh, aka Big Stan. And we've uh, decided to set up uh, a nice little studio up here in the Aeon building and start to uh, broadcast our show. Uh, and so here we are uh, in show number three. And we're just going to start taking a look around and seeing what uh, what sticks, what doesn't, and uh, bring it to you from a, a perspective, uh, from my perspective. And you know, I've been uh, I've been a hacker. You know, seriously, I got my first computer uh, in 1981. It was a uh, TRS Model Two, I believe, Model Two, Model Three. Uh, and so I've been 
dillying around with computers since then, and I've uh, pretty much uh, continued to enjoy the the fun side of hacking, discovering new uh, things and, and capabilities of electronics, and and hopefully I'll I'll, uh, I'll continue to uh, in to enjoy that discovery as I have throughout my life, and I want to share the things that I've learned and the things that I know along with uh, the things that I feel uh, from being a former black hat hacker to a hacker that uh, does, the, does the right thing now. And that's, that's who I am. And uh, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't speak for anyone else, but I've, I've traveled many uh, twisty roads to get me to this point. So uh, thank you for all of your support and, and uh, everyone else who has encouraged me to uh, start this radio show. I, I certainly uh, am really thrilled to uh, be doing this. So, uh, taking taking a look around uh, recently, uh, you know, I'm, I just want to jump right into uh, some of the latest news uh, articles that are circulating and things that sort of catch my interest. And some of the things that uh, I've been checking out lately are um, reports from. Uh, uh, a lot of reports basically coming from a lot of different media outlets and also from uh, hackers themselves, uh, you know, on the surface net, on the underground, on uh, the, the dark deep web. I've noticed that uh, there's there's a, there's always this talk about uh, hackers in Chinese, the, the Chinese hackers and, and what they're capable of doing and uh, the damage that they su supposedly cause. Uh, in, in a lot of uh, industry and a lot of uh, government uh, sectors uh, here in the United States. Uh, as, as you may or may not know, I am uh, located here in the United States, uh, in Chicago, and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just pretty proud to say that, uh, you know, a, a, as fucked up as America is, you know, it's, it's still a free country, and a lot of a lot of honest, hardworking people make it uh, a, a free country, and so uh, I'm, I'm not sitting here waving a flag, uh, you know, or any of that thing. Uh, but I, 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 I'm very proud to be an American, and uh, that's that's just how it uh, just just how I look at things. Uh, you know, we have a great political system. You know, there's um, it is. As weird as everything seems to be uh, with you know, media, with you know, we have elections next year. Uh, as weird as things seem to be with media, you know, it's still it's still a great country, and it's still a country to where I can jump in a car and I can drive thousands of miles away and visit anything that I want to here in the United States, and I I don't really have to worry about um, showing papers at every border or have to uh, deal with, uh, you know, you know uh, trans-border issues with uh, traveling abroad in the United States, such as you would have to deal with or contend with in other countries. Uh, you know, but I'm not going to get on that kick. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be an American, and uh, they, the, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, just... Uh, have a lot of bad things to say about the United States and you know yeah there's a lot of bad things but you know at the end of the day when you 
uh, look at it, you know, it's still a great country. So, uh, you know, again, getting back on the Chinese hacker thing, uh, there's uh, a Chinese hacking group dubbed uh, TG3390, and uh, basically what these guys are doing, uh, they're, they're, supposed, they're supposedly a clandestine group of sophisticated Chinese hackers, and they... Uh, they're also known as the Threat Group 3390 or or whatever. And these guys are supposedly going around, uh, you know, infecting corporate uh, infrastructure, bank, banks, uh, trading, trading factions. They're, they're really these guys are sort of like the the, uh, you know, the the elite of the super elite of the Chinese uh, hacker initiative from you know the government's point of view so uh, these uh, so supposedly these guys are in everything they're causing chaos they're uh, they're you know it's said that when they penetrate a network uh, that they uh, they really do a great job of uh, taking when when they enter a network and penetrate a network and get through uh, most uh, defenses that these these guys uh, can really just effortlessly go through uh, your network and take anything that they want to or um, cause sort of damage, uh, you know, all, all kinds of silly stuff. So uh, the first the per the first method to prevent stuff like this is to have uh, people that are capable to make sure that your networks don't have these type of intruders. And it's quite easy if if you really uh, are tasked with knowing uh, what to look for and uh, understand uh, that you know if if they if someone s- supposedly as sophisticated and as elite as these uh, government hackers uh, from China are supposed you know if they're that awesome then well uh, you know, w- we have people that are just as awesome to identify these people uh, and, and intrusions and, and close the door on them. So uh, that that comes to uh, a new reality of, you know, hey, listen, if you're running a company, if, if you are in charge of, uh, you know, hiring people to secure your networks and your infrastructure, well, then you really should look at uh, hiring a competent hacker uh, and someone who has experience in these in in making sure that they're able to uh, really live up to their identification of being uh, a, a great uh, hacker themselves and protecting your infrastructure and your your company or your personal stuff or whatever it is it, you know you really need to uh, you really need to make sure that you have the right person in the right place at the right time or otherwise you're going to be, uh, you know, in a Google press, uh, release news, uh, article, or, uh, you're going to, you know, wind up on the CBS news some night, uh, if you're really not taking your, your security seriously. Looking around, uh, you know, we see more of, uh, of the silliness going on. Um, I don't know if these guys are really hackers or not, but, uh, there's you know over 30 uh, people who are the government or prosecutors uh, are, is, are calling hackers basically uh, had a little scheme going on 
in the financial sector um, and basically these uh, these guys basically basically the, they were financial traders and if whether or not you know uh, traders or not I spent some time down uh, actually working with traders and in, in the markets uh, here in Chicago at the CME and traders are really uh, interesting people because not only do they understand the financial markets, they also understand a lot of things that uh, hackers do, such as they identify trends in uh, new. They identify trends through news news releases and, and press releases, and they're able. To, they're able. Basically, a hacker is like a um, a monetary or financial sort of uh, hacker, I would say. Um, so it's. A trader is really tasked with understanding what is going on uh, everywhere in, in their field of what they're trading. So, for instance, if you're a commodities trader, uh, you know, commodities traders, they trade oil, uh, gold, anything, uh, or livestock, and anything that you would consider, uh, you, know, a, 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 you know, a commodity is sort of like uh, those sort of things. And... Uh, these basically, and then you have different sort of traders. You have traders that uh, trade futures, and then they trade on they they trade on speculation of prices that things are going to be in the future, and and on and on it goes, and it gets uh, the rabbit hole gets deeper there. But uh, so thirty two of these guys or girls or whoever they are, uh, they basically they were uh, hacking into press release organizations uh you know you have a, a wide variety of these organizations around the uh the world that basically will accept a press release from a company before something really big happens uh in that particular company and these these people were uh compromising these news press release uh, companies through via the internet and you know mild social engineering and, and other uh, common known exploits and they were they were getting uh, and they were getting valuable information uh, to actually trade on this uh, this with and they were making a lot of money um, recently filed in the US District Court in Newark New Jersey uh, New Jersey rather the investigation uh, led to the freezing of assets of these traders until the scope can be fully understood uh, from you know news releases and and press releases from this particular incident. Uh, they're they're charged with reaping in more than a hundred million dollars in illicit profits by stealing non-public information and trading based on that particular information. So uh, it it was quite a deceptive scheme basically the, uh, you know the they're logging into these news organizations taking the uh, reading the press releases first uh sometimes some of these organizations and companies will file pre-file a, a press release uh as far up as 72 to 72 hours all the way up to a week or so ahead of a a, a huge press release that a company uh would be posed to do and so they would get this information and then either buy and sell stock on on the uh, valuation of what that particular company was uh, poised to do or uh, report in uh, either bad earnings or whatever so uh, 
nevertheless, the uh, the SEC chair, Mary Jo White, said that they had a really organized uh, scheme going where they were they were just really a hundred million dollars in in a matter of uh, was it three years uh, is quite phenomenal. So. Yeah, I don't know what to take away from that. Uh, you know, it's basically information that these people were uh, buying and uh, trading on. And so that just goes to show you, again, how valuable information is and how people are able to either use the information or abuse it for either uh, financial gain or publicity. In either case, uh, it, if, if it's not information that's gained legally, uh, then, yeah, you know, you really have to question whether or not uh, your intentions uh, are, um, y you know, uh, forthcoming or not. So, uh, you know, and it, 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 it gets to the point to where when, when these, these large companies uh, and these large uh, corporation conglomerates, uh, whatever they are, uh, you know, when, when when they really start to understand that uh, information, no matter how uh, y how it, you know legitimate, I would say that it it, it seems to be uh, it, it really means something to someone somewhere, and so that information needs to be secured. And if you're not doing that, you know, you really have to uh, you really have to think twice about you know what what your what your role is in uh, taking care of your infrastructure and and uh, also making sure that uh, your your data is safe and you know something as simple as social engineering some CSR somewhere just to get into an account just to grab a news release and make millions of dollars on really um, really sort of trips me out because. I mean, come on, you know. Uh, I mean, who's who's watching who, who's watching the uh, who, who's watching the gate here? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm going to wrap this up here. But uh, you know, the from my understanding, when I worked uh, on on and with the traders uh, in Chicago and in New York, is that uh, the SEC really has some great investigators and real good software to uh, identify and pinpoint uh, trades that uh, look really um, you know out of out of out of the ordinary if, if you have an account that you're making you know that that really hasn't had anyone trade on for months or years uh, and then all of a sudden you have one or two trades which are tied to that particular company that you know, you're, you're making 20 or 30 million dollars off of something's wrong. So the SEC uh, software will pick that up and then an investigator will look at it and take a closer look. And then, of course, that leads to your downfall. So uh, the best thing to do in that is uh, really try to play the game as it's uh, meant to be played. And, uh, y you know, if, if you're going to trade, you know, try to follow the rules at least. Uh, but uh you know, I know a lot of scumbag traders, and uh, they know me, and I know them, and uh, you know, not everybody plays by the rules. And so this this is this is a shining example of of what one's greed uh, can do. And so uh, hopefully they these companies will um, f 
fix the holes in their press release software to where uh, we're not having anyone else make hundreds of millions of dollars off of uh, press releases. Uh, you know, also, there, there was something else that came up this week uh, caught my attention. Uh, y you know, I've, I'm on Twitter quite a bit throughout the week, uh, and, and, you know, I post little little clips of what I'm up to once in a while. And so this past week, I was, uh, I have a Lenovo Yoga 13, and uh, I bought it a, so, uh, two years ago, and it's a great little computer. It's one of those computers that you can flip back and you can you can make a tablet out of and it, it it's it's really a great little machine that I, I enjoy quite quite uh quite literally and so this past week I went to uh upgrade it to Windows 10 and uh it, I was having trouble with it and it, it just it, it really didn't take the upgrade uh quite well as most of the other machines that uh, I've been upgrading over the past week or so um, to Windows 10, and so uh, long. You know, I, I went to do the whole upgrade thing from Microsoft, and uh, the PC froze halfway through, and so I had to take a Windows 8 DVD and make a USB uh, bootable version of it, and then I had to. So basically, I had to take Windows 8, uh, reinstall Windows 8, uh, wipe it, effectively wiping all of my former stuff off of the computer. And uh, after I got Windows 8 installed, I had to go and activate it. And then uh, at that point, uh, I had to then upgrade to Windows 10. So uh, I got through all of these really... Um, weird steps to get back to or get it get the computer fixed and then upgraded to windows 10 and activated of course i've had to i had to activate it twice uh and then afterwards i was able to uh begin to enjoy my lenovo computer again and so you know i'm, I'm in there d cleaning up things after the the final installation of windows 10 and i'm looking around and yeah, I'm looking at all of the privacy settings, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm uh, checking out, uh, you know, I, I want to use the Cortana feature, but you have to sign up, and, and at that point, you lose your local login privileges, You and you would be signing on to your computer with a web-based uh, email address and password. So, you know, I was looking around at all of these issues uh, for Windows 10, and I ran across... Uh, an article on Ars Technica, and this is from a gentleman who goes by the name GE814. And so I'm just going to read what he posted, and it was quite interesting to uh, uh, find out this uh, that Lenovo uh, is doing this. Now, uh, about a year ago, I believe, there, it was discovered that Lenovo had installed some software on their machines that had some sort of rootkit and uh, you, you it basically it was information that would gather from the user and then that they would it would take that information from the user and phone the mothership at Lenovo in China or wherever they are 
and it would send some sort of information to Lenovo as to as to who the user was, what they were doing, where they are, all all, all sorts of information that uh, you really don't want going to some corporation somewhere. And so that was discovered last year, and then this year, uh, this new issue uh, popped up from this uh, one person who I just mentioned. Uh, that was basically doing some things. Uh, well, let me just read it from here, uh, from what he had, or he or she had posted. And so, uh, quoting from this user, uh, it was, Hi, I discovered the issue back in May when uh, I bought a, uh, a, a, a Lenovo. And so, uh, where where is this gentleman at here? Um So basically, he says, you know, he discovered this inf- uh, this issue back in May when he bought a Lenovo Y4080. Uh, he said it really pissed me off. I did a, quite a bit of digging into it and successfully removed it. So after running into this thread, I figured I would share what he learned. So before booting Windows 7 or 8, the BIOS checks if uh, C Windows System 32 auto check EXE is the Lenovo or the original Microsoft one. Uh, and basically what this, basically this whole thing is that there was another one, uh, there was another rootkit discovered, uh, again, from, uh, the company Lenovo on their, in their machines. And, uh, basically this time the software, even if you take and you reformat the computer, this software will, st- on each boot, it, it, it will it will boot up and, and sort of reanimate itself on the computer. And uh, it, basically, it's a rootkit, and it find and it collects all of this information uh, from you, even if you do a clean install of Windows or Linux. Um, now, I, I don't see anything. Well, let me, I take that back. I, I don't see anything really from Linux on that. But uh, each time that you install, each time that you do a clean install of Windows operating system, the software will come back and repopulate itself in your operating system each time. So, this uh, this gentleman had found this uh, information, posted it on Ars Technica, and uh, actually posted on how to disable it, uh, which is quite uh, the steps just to get rid of this thing is quite uh, impressive. Uh, considering the fact that this is a full-blown rootkit on your computer, and uh, if you own a Lenovo, you've never known about it until now. So I followed the steps, got rid of the rootkit, of course, and I uh, was very interested in to uh, share that little bit of information with you because it, it, it there, were, there were so many steps in, in getting rid of this uh, off my computer. It, it, was, it was quite interesting. Uh, you know, it usually you had you know usually there's been software or crimeware or, or whatever in the past that would uh, reanimate itself on each time that you rebooted the system, whether or not you've done a clean install or whatever. And so uh, this one was kind of interesting because uh, it uses the UEFI BIOS, uh, and UEFI is is basically has taken over BIOS for the new version of Windows 10, so you can kind of check that out. Uh, it's it's uh, very interesting, and um, 
you know, it, it, if you have a Lenovo computer, uh, all I can say is good luck, uh, you know, because I, this, this is some nasty stuff. And why these companies are putting it on here uh, is, is beyond me. Uh, I, I, really, I really don't, uh, I really just don't get it. So, uh, and in, in other news, you know, we have the UK government. They, uh, they said that they are, a, they are rather investigating uh, another breach with one of the mobile carriers in the UK. Uh, they are saying that as, million, uh, as many as two and a half million customers' names, addresses, birth dates, bank information may have been exposed. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I see article after article, uh, where these, these companies, these company, these, these are companies that people trust. These are companies, you know, that people are sending, they're having conversations with on the telephone. They're using these companies for, uh, you know, a mobile company. They're using their their data they're checking their email their their lives are on their their handsets and and now that they're being told that their names addresses and birth dates and bank information may have been exposed well who, who's this being exposed to i mean you know are, are these the chinese hackers is this group 3309 or you know who, you know <laughs> You know, you would figure that a cell phone company at this point <laughs> would not be storing your information uh, unencrypted, but it seems that uh, that was exactly what was happening uh, in the UK. So a lot of users woke up and they uh, discovered that their information may have may or may have not been compromised. So that's kind of um, you know what 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 do you do? So. Uh, looking around in other news, uh, it, you know, we have more We have more of the same. Basically, if you have a mobile phone, uh, it, there's a uh, someone. In, there's actually some hackers in Australia who are claiming that every call you make on the GSM network, uh, every call and every message that you send, basically, can be intercepted. Well, that's kind of trivial to uh, know at this point. Where uh, there's been a lot of demonstrated man-in-the-middle attacks uh, targeting the GSM uh, network uh, here in the United States and abroad. So that's kind of, uh, you know, again, it's just uh, you know, another news organization link-baiting readers in and sending the hell of uh, you know, So from, from my standpoint, CDA phones are, are still relatively secure, but when it comes to GSM, I believe uh, there's some real um, easy ways to intercept traffic for those particular devices so again you know the, you've got you've, these medias <laughs> pulling in and scaring the hell people by saying that uh, their smartphones are susceptible and they are you know uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're using I don't care if you're using uh, black ROM security 5000 you know whatever I, I, you know no matter how cool you think you are with your with your smartphone or smart device uh you, you know it's uh susceptible to being compromised so uh maybe you can take that home and chew on it when next time you think that you have a badass version of android uh and you know you you're totally uh 
prepared for uh, someone at you mobile because uh, whether you know it or not, you know, it, it can be compromised. And that that you know, little tidbits of that information keeps coming to light every week. You know, with uh, Android, this uh, iOS, that, uh, and it, it just it just doesn't stop. And so, uh, long story short, kids, uh, if you through the internet, guess what? You, you are susceptible to being compromised. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I was told that I was cursing too much on the uh, initial show, so I'm trying to watch my uh, language. Thanks, Gail. I love you. Uh, but I don't care what you have, really, seriously. If you uh, are connected to the Internet, you are susceptible to being compromised. Uh, and it doesn't matter, you know, if it's iOS, Android, uh, you know, whatever whatever you're running, uh there it can be compromised it it it's it's just that simple remember that and so <laughs> so uh i was looking around again uh on the internet this week and i ran across uh a, a, a few researchers uh and they had actually created uh, it's a proof of concept you know that's it's not up and running or anything but the researcher uh chin chin uh, Daniel and Roscoe Asani, David Barrara, and excuse me if I don't get your names right, George Danezis, and Adrian Perig. Uh, these these uh, lovely people uh, took the time to br create a, a new proof of concept, and basically it's a uh, high-speed onion router network that they call Hornet, and basically this is supposed to be uh, gigabit, uh, it's supposed to be more secure than the Tor uh, networks and to support gigabit uh, layer speeds. And quite an interesting uh, document that they put together on the Hornet high-speed onion routing uh, network layer. And, uh, you know, I really encourage you to check it out. Uh, and it's a great paper. And, the, the again, it's a proof of concept, but these researchers took the time out of their busy schedules to put this proof of concept together and if if you really are going to have true anonymity on the internet uh, you should really have some good high-speed uh, layers with it so check that out on the uh, you can you can check the paper out yourself it's at arxiv as in victor dot org forward slash pdf forward slash one five oh seven dot zero five seven two four v as in Victor one dot PDF, uh, and it's a great, great uh, article that uh, that basically says, "Hey, you know, uh, Tor is great, uh, but we can make it greater, and this is how we uh, we think we can do that." So uh, check that out. Uh, really, really interesting article, and uh, I, I think that uh, as as we progress into uh, more more uh, high-speed uh, availability throughout the country and throughout uh, the world that uh, these sort of anonymous networks really uh, are important to a lot of people living abroad that uh, really can't communicate without uh, being concerned with uh, being monitored by uh, local governments and repressive regimes. So yeah, check that out. Uh, it's really great stuff. And um, it, it's 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 certainly uh, food for thought there. So uh, one a couple more things really. Uh, I just uh, I just caught uh, that you know it's been 
what, two weeks now uh, for Windows 10. And, yeah, I, I know I just spoke about it. And, you know, I, I'm really, you know, I, I told you who I, I am and I told you how long I've been using computers. And I, I'm really not partial to any operating system out there. Uh, but for ease and availability, uh, you know, w and with uh, my everyday life, it, you know, Windows really uh, plays an integral part of that. And so uh, moving to upgrading to the Windows 10 platform was really, uh, you know, besides the activation issues with my personal machine, it's been really kind of easy with all of my other machines. And so I just read a report that 50 million devices are now running Windows 10. And that is crazy because it's only been two weeks. And so the long-term strategy uh, for Microsoft for this whole Windows 10 thing, it really is, it's the final version of Windows. They are just going to upgrade it. There's not going to be any more Windows 11, 12, 13. It's just going to be Windows 10, just like you have Mac OS 10. And it's basically, uh, it's basically going to be upgraded and updated uh, constantly now you there's not going to be a Windows 11 12 13 or 14 uh, unless there's a new CEO at Microsoft but then by then there probably wouldn't be a Microsoft but so far I mean seriously though so far Windows 10 is pretty uh, a pretty pretty darn good operating system I, I uh, have not noticed any issues at all uh, with uh, all of my legacy software and I haven't really read any reports from people as in the past when uh, Windows 8 launched or when Windows Vista launched uh, as far as negative things that uh, <laughs> people are saying about the operating system. So far, it seems to be a good operating system, and uh, 50 million devices running it is quite phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, kudos to Microsoft for jumping in the game, in the game late, but nevertheless... Uh, it, it seems to be uh, working out for Microsoft in a great way because uh, you have a lot of subsystems that are tying into the new Windows 10 infrastructure such as uh, the new Raspberry Pis and a lot of mobile devices and even phones that uh, eventually will be powered off of Windows 10. So time will tell. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of eagerly anticipating new HoloLens uh, from Microsoft and uh, just because I uh, like augmented reality and I, I, I see a lot of great potential for that future and so I'm looking forward to HoloLens and, and tearing, it, tearing it apart and seeing uh, how to modify it and make it better. Uh, so that's, uh, that's it everyone. I'm back again on the third show. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to get better with the whole show host thing and as, uh, as I start to feel more comfortable with doing the show uh, I, I feel that uh, we will start weighing in more and more of the tools and uh, the, the who's, how's, when's, and why's of uh, everyday life as a hacker. So uh, I can tell you uh, just from uh, you, you know, sheer experience that uh, being a hacker isn't something that you're going to pick up overnight. And, uh, you know, next week you're, you're going to go out and call yourself a hacker. So, um, it, it takes time if that's what your your sole desire is to be. And uh, when I say time, time, you know, years, uh, decades. Uh, so uh, if that's what you choose to be, then uh, that that's who you are and that's who you will be. But uh, for old timers like me, uh, it's just uh, another day, another day in the barrel, so to speak. So another day in the barrel and show down the drain, <laughs> if that's how you want to look at it. 
Uh, and again, uh, I, I wanted to thank everyone who has given me some great feedback on the show. Uh, I wanted to mention a few names out there, um, but uh, I've been learning uh, from uh, my resources here that uh, I just uh, need to save that uh, and uh, just keep keep working at stop saying uh all the time and uh, understanding that uh, being a radio show host, I guess, has a, a lot of different uh, quirks to it. So thank you to everyone. I, I sincerely mean it for this for the love and the support and the uh, great feedback uh i really can't uh i really can't thank you enough so this is show number three this is transmit uh my name is gummo i promise to get better thanks for listening uh and coming soon to itunes i suppose uh we will see you next week here on the show and it, again if you have any uh comments or feedback please feel free to write to me at uh, gummo, G-U-M-M-O, at hackers.xxx. Uh, and you can also visit the website at hackers.xxx. That's our website. And feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. It's uh, twitter.com forward slash gummo, G-U-M-M-O-X-X-X. And uh, I really look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for tuning in to Transmit. This is Gummo, 1,076 feet above the sidewalks in Chicago, Illinois. Thank you.